Hey guys, this is Leah Hendershot, your host for Well on Less, where we take somewhat overwhelming ideas of living well and make them simple and easy to implement and live by. Okay, let's round out this podcast series. If you have ever taught someone anything, there's definitely a point you come to and you're like, okay, I think that's good. I think we've gotten the basics down. And I kind of feel like we have covered a ton, especially with the interviews that we've done. So I'm going to round out the in the in the dirt series with some quick tips today on tomatoes, peppers, garlic, and maybe anything else that comes to mind right quick. And then and then I have scheduled one final interview with someone about cold crops. I don't know a lot about cold crops. I always seem to be a week late, two weeks late, whether it's a spring or the fall. So I have that scheduled and then we will move forward on to something else. So I wanted to throw some of this at you guys really quick. And these are tips that I've learned, that I've heard mostly. I mean, I've implemented all of these. So I'm not just throwing out things I've went and Googled. Um, But I do want to say about tips, any of the tips that I've given you guys, I want you to know that they are tips and they're not the gospel. So you may have heard something you're like, what? No, don't do that. So, you know, take the good and throw out what you're like. No, you know, but hopefully none of it's been too extreme to where you are having to do that. But anything that I tell you, I know there's probably people listening that or like, no, no way. So hopefully I've brought it in a very balanced way um, and a common sense way. So any of the tips that I give you, of course, use common sense. Like when we're, I'm talking about putting a little bit of Epsom salts uh, when you plant your tomatoes. Don't dump, you know, a ton of <laughs> Epsom salts or your plant's going to die. So be balanced and reasonable with any of these tips and what you don't like or maybe you try it and you don't like it throw it out. So first of all, let's talk about tomatoes because I I decided to cover tomatoes, peppers, and garlic because that's things that people really like to grow and they grow usually pretty easily. I didn't put basil in here, but I'm a huge basil fan um, and it grows your hands off with that. But let's talk about tomatoes. Okay. I'm going to try and focus. One of the coolest things, and I'm hoping these are cool tips. That's what I'm going to call this. Cool tips for tomatoes, peppers, and garlic. A cool tip that I learned about tomatoes that I didn't know, I had planted them for years, was when you buy a tomato plant, all those little hairs that you see are potential roots. So you, that's why tomatoes like to be buried very deeply. Well, for me in the city at our other place, we, I was, I was growing in, well, I was growing near a tree. I say in front of a tree, but that's not really applicable. <laughs> I was growing near a tree and sometimes I would run into roots. And even though my garden did pretty well over there, um, that was kind of a problem. And then I went to the farmer's market and I pretty much buy almost all my plants that I purchase and don't use, um, seed. We talked about that in the last episode he was like, Oh, do you ever do the trench method with your tomatoes? Maybe this is a common knowledge, but I did not know it. And I was like, what are you talking about? So, and I'll put a link to that, a, a, um, 
picture of that. But essentially, instead of having to bury your tomato plants, really you all, you should plant your tomato plants, I'd say, at least halfway up the green part of their, whatever you call it, stalk, um, main branch. But really, maybe three quarters um, is according to how big, obviously, your tomato plant is. But and I, So anyway, he said, I've grown it this way for years and years and years, and it's really, really good. So essentially what you do is instead of going straight down and having to dig this deep hole, you dig, hor- well, would you say horizontally? Um, instead of straight down, you're, you're digging kind of, you're digging long ways. Almost like you would just dig a little ditch and lay your tomato in it all but the top like fourth um, but I you also put it kind of at an angle so I put mine I don't know some people say 45 degrees but it's not a science I just kind of angle mine down to where the root ball is um, is a little bit lower than you know as it as you get to the top of the plant but if you just lay it flat you're gonna be fine as well so dig it deep enough to where it's gonna have enough soil on top of it to those roots to go so that instead of going they're going to go out and make the tomato plant stronger i've used it for years and years and years now we're in kansas we have wind all the time and it's worked really really well for me and so you just lay it in that trench hopefully the root ball is a little lower it's i don't think it's absolutely necessary but i feel better doing that and then uh, just cover it back up with dirt. Make sure there's, you know, a couple inches of dirt on top of it at least. And then you'll find that the top of it that's barely sticking up will just naturally turn up towards the sun. It may look like it's <laughs> laying on the ground at first, but water it really well and it will pull up towards the sun. And you would never know that it was, its roots were laying down like that. So Maybe I'm wrong on, I probably should say more than a few inches of dirt, but dig down just a little bit and put it in that way. And it saves you, um, if you're like me and you have a spot that you're working on and the soil's harder, um, then it works out really well. So there's your, some people call it the trench method, the ditch method, whatever you want to call it. So there you go for that. Okay, another tip for both tomatoes and peppers, and I've done this, and to me it just makes common sense if you've ever worked with any sort of plant, even if you just plant annuals in your, um, in your pots. When the blossoms start to come, the flower, it starts to flower, I usually pinch off the first, the first few um, for... I don't know, the first two to three weeks that I've planted it. Now, this is because this is just a basic concept in growing things is when a plant is putting, producing a bloom, obviously that's a potential fruit of the plant. Um, it takes a lot of energy and it wants to concentrate its energy to produce that fruit, but you want your plants to get bigger. So you want them to put the energy into growing first before they start to put on fruit. And I see it every single year when it's May at the farmer's market. I don't know how these people, 
I'm not denying that these growers have some sort of magic powder, but I will see someone or multiple people every year at the farmer's market walking around with a huge tomato plant already, and it's already got fruit on it. And I'm thinking, oh, it may not, I, I say huge, I don't know, maybe, you know, for that time of year, maybe they're 18 inches, 18 to 20 inches. And I'm thinking, oh no, it's put a lot of energy into, it may be a small one or it may be a, a you know, a, a, a decent sized green tomato hanging on it. I personally do not buy those plants because the plant has already put a lot of energy into that. You may disagree with me. You may say, oh, Leah, that's fine. But just what I've learned from pinching those flowers and blooms off, it's better to get the plant, the plant's energy into good growth, good establishment before it starts putting on fruit. So I will pinch off any blossoms or any forming tomatoes. Um, for the first two or three weeks that I have a plant, if it happens to flower or start to put on. Like I have some that have been in the ground um, for a few weeks now, and I don't do that. So, especially the peppers. So anyway, that's just a basic tip for almost anything. Um, and it's also according to how big the plant's going to end up being. Um, I have one pepper plant right now that's kind of going crazy, but it doesn't have any fruit on it but then I have some small ones that have fruit on them or have blooms on them so um but even though they're small I've had them in the ground for a few weeks and I'm like okay I think um I'll just leave it alone so that's just a tip that I've it just makes sense to me um for a lot of different things I've used it for different plants okay I talked earlier about the Epsom salts so tomatoes like some magnesium and Epsom salts are a good source of that. I don't know exact, <laughs> um, but this is something that I've done and I think my dad told me about it. But I just put, take, when I plant it, um, I plant my tomato plants in a trench. I mix just a little bit of Epsom salts into the soil. Now plants are not like humans. Obviously they're not as big as us. So I just maybe do a teaspoon and just mix it into the soil just for a little extra magnesium boost. And sometimes that can be, um, there can be a lot of, lots of reasons that your tomato, your tomatoes, the flower doesn't turn into a fruit, but from what, if I remember correctly, sometimes magnesium is a, a potential, um, reason that they they will flower but they'll never put on fruit so it just makes me feel better and I know I'm putting some magnesium into the soil some people for tomatoes pinch off the suckers if you've grown tomatoes for any length of time you've probably heard this the suckers are and there's a lot of controversy some people say no way I don't do this some people do I've done it and I've done it and I do feel better about the growth of the plant, but the suckers essentially are, you know, a tomato, a tomato plant isn't straight up like, like, um, like an oak tree. It doesn't go straight up and then, um, it does have that canopy. It kind of shoots, shoots up and then shoots up a little bit, you know, shoots up to the right and then shoots up to the left. And then there's other, other branches between that. So, for the first couple weeks, I will wear the main, kind of, you can kind of tell where the main stalk is. Um, sometimes it shoots two or three main stalks, 
but you um, you can kind of, kind of tell where the main stalk is and where the, the strongest branches are shooting out. And between that main stalk and the brand, the main branches that are shooting out, so the bigger ones, it'll, it will start to form another little leaf. And I just usually pinch those off for the first couple of weeks. That's another thing about energy. People say you want it to shoot up instead of out for a bit. There's kind of, you know, contro- well, I wouldn't say controversy, but some people are like, no, it doesn't matter. But I just do that for the first few weeks as well or until it's maybe um, 20, 20 inches to two feet tall and then you know then you're gonna then I think it's good to go so remember that some to remember that when you buy a tomato ask if it's determinant or indeterminate because that also that will affect the way you're going to preserve it that will affect um, how much you're going to enjoy your tomatoes. So if you, if you're a newbie to tomatoes and you don't know that, and honest, honestly, I didn't know that when I first started, I was like, what, what does that mean? And sometimes I still have to think about lots of different plants technically are determinate or indeterminate. All plants, I guess, really. Um, if they put on fruit, I should say. So determinant means it's determined how much it's going to produce fruit is set so there's a set yield all at once you'll have a yield of of tomatoes and then it'll be done essentially you might get a little bit extra here or there but this is really good if you want you're like you know i love canning tomatoes or freezing or whatever but i just want it all at once and get it done or maybe you're going to make fresh soup and you know that The tomatoes are going to be ready at the same time as the okra, at the same time as the corn, at the same time as something else. So you want them all the same at once. So buy determinate if you, um, if you, if that's your, your goal. Also, if you have a small space, like a really small small space, like if small space, if you're growing in pots, then um, a lot of times people like determinate for those for small spaces because they don't they kind of reach a point and then they're they're done you don't have um you don't have it keep growing 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 and you're trying to prop it up and those sorts of things but me personally i like the indeterminate um for most of my tomatoes um because my kids like to go out and pick them all you know as soon as they start coming on they like to pick them all and i can always have in, so indeterminate means that they grow throughout the season. So they they don't have a set determined yield. And I like to I like those because I can have we can go out there and pick some and have fresh salsa all through summer. Um, you have to stake them more, cage them more. Mine, my indeterminate uh, Juliets. I like Juliets for. A lot of reasons the kids love them they can just pop them in their mouth we can make salsa without having to chop up um, the whole tomato you know we can cut it in half and throw it in the food processor but um, those will they end up getting so tall that I create a an arch between the two rows because they just keep going so just know the indeterminate is probably gonna get bigger and you're gonna have to I grow mine on either cattle panels or some sort of um, wire fencing and then I put that on t-posts so it's like just two rows and then I just as the tomato grows I just gently twine it to that um 
but we I really like indeterminate for a lot of different reasons but as I could ha if I could have a larger garden I definitely would have more of the determinate just so I could get it you know get a bunch canned and be done and then we can just eat off the little Juliet's for the rest of the summer um, putting indeterminate is usually better in the ground because they need a little bit more support usually so there you go on tomatoes um, another quick tip about tomatoes tomatoes do self-pollinate but you um, they self-pollinate but there is a small chance that they will cross-pollinate but it's about two to five percent chance so just know usually with tomatoes if you just grown one kind then you know save the seeds but there is a risk that they've cross-pollinated a small risk there's a, a there's a small but okay they can if you're gonna save seed just know that it may not be true seed um, so sometimes you don't know what you're gonna get so just FYI on that um, if they say if you want to increase your odds of not cross-pollinating if you want to save seed you have to put different kinds like 10 feet apart so I don't know um, just throwing that out there okay moving on to peppers we talked about with peppers the same as the pinching um, and for me it tends to be and maybe this is a common thing it's according to the type of pepper whether it really takes off of course your soil affects that um, but mine always seem to kind of not grow very the hot ones the hot ones seem to not grow very f quickly and then suddenly they decide to grow <laughs> um, I have a red bell pepper right now that is three times the size of my hot ones so I don't know maybe somebody could tell me if that's a thing do hot peppers grow slower but even though they're still small I've had them in the ground probably for at least three weeks but I've pinched off the blooms until like this week and then I've stopped because I'm like well um, obviously I can't go do I can't be doing that forever and I just need I'm just going to make sure they have some extra compost around them and are fed really well and we're gonna just you know sometimes you just have to be like okay you've been in the ground long enough I'm not gonna pinch your the things off anymore um, it's said that in the pinching with peppers that habaneros and bell peppers or anything that grows really fast that you shouldn't pinch them off because they grow really fast but um, all others you can so you know if you've grown a bunch do a test um, pinch the blooms off for a couple weeks on one and then not the other and just see you know maybe it doesn't make a difference but um, after two to four weeks I just usually don't pinch anything off tomatoes peppers anything like that um, peppers need nitrogen so a good thing when you see the first actual fruits coming on is to um, side dress it which means don't put it directly but to the side do a um, an organic fertilizer like we talked about or or, a, or compost or something like that so put this to the side so it slowly um, leaches into your soil uh, but something that has a ratio of what is it it's not coming to me phosphorus phos phosphorus nitrogen and I can't remember what the last one is but anyway if you look at a bag of fertilizer it has a ratio of the um, of the minerals in it and it uh, so do a 5 10 10 or a 10 10 10 side dress so what I would do 
what I do is mix some of that garden tone, organic garden tone fertilizer in with some soil and then just put it around the pepper plants. Um, if your tomato, if your pepper plants produce flowers, but you don't see fruit coming on them, they need magnesium. So you can do two teaspoons of Epsom salts. Like, you know, we don't want to complicate things here. Two teaspoons of Epsom salt to a quart of water, and then add that kind of around your plant. And actually some of mine are putting on, um, since I'm working with soil that I'm having to amend, um, I see that some of mine look like they're a little pale and they're putting on blooms, but I'm not seeing any fruit. So I'm going to do that today. Um, uh, for pollination, peppers self-pollinate, but they definitely can cross. I've had that happen in my own garden. Um, so for peppers, I typically don't save the seed unless it is, unless it's, you're only growing one kind of pepper and, um, and you don't have to worry about that. But I don't know about cross-pollination with someone else's garden. Um, I don't know how common that is with peppers, but I know me personally. Um, I've had, I've planted the same pepper plant. And you can tell they're the same, but the peppers off of one were spicier than the other. So maybe that's just a pepper thing, but it's definitely happened to me, I think. Okay, something I would love, 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 love to grow is garlic. And... One of the things that I want people to understand about garlic is it has to mature slowly. And when you think about a garlic bulb, it's got a lot of, think about all the cloves that are on that. That's, it has to mature very, very slowly and it needs room to grow. Um, so it needs very, very loose soil because it needs to mature slowly, it's not impossible to grow garlic. It will grow. If you put it in, in this, in like super early spring, it will grow, but more than likely your bulbs are not going to be very large. The best time to plant garlic is in the fall. It needs to winter over and it will be fine unless you live in an extremely cold climate. I mean, we've had some really cold winters and it's survived here. So garlic's pretty, pretty hardy, um, especially zones five to seven, which covers, a, you know, a good part of the U.S. Um, and if you live up north, 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 then you probably could still grow it um, in a warm um, little greenhouse or something or some sort of under some um, plastic row cover or something like that. So plant it in the fall. Uh, around early to late October, you don't have to be, you know, super precise because it's, it's in the ground, so it's a, a whole different concept than something above ground producing fruit. Um, if you are in zones 7 to 9, late October to November, if you're in zones nine to 10, late October, wait, seven to <laughs> seven. If you're in zones five to seven, then plant it early to late October. Zone seven to nine, late October to November, and zones nine to 10, late October to December. So you get more, the further, obviously, south you get, the more, the later you can plant it. Um, some people say after the autumn equinox. But, you know, I've, 
I'm not always right on things and it still worked out. Anyway, so plant garlic in the fall. It needs to be loose soil and cover it with a good layer of straw because you want it to be protected in the winter. Um, you plant cloves an inch deep, so you can take each clove, not the bulb, each a clove will produce another bulb, which is really, really cool about garlic. I love garlic. Um, and you only have to space them about four to six inches apart. It's according. If you want them bigger, space them like six inches apart. But that's what I like about garlic is you can get a lot in a small space. Um, if you plant it in the fall, you probably will see, and it's not a bad thing, you'll see a little green pop up. But as soon as it gets super chilly or your first frost, or you know your first frost, cover that really, really well with straw before your first frost. Um, and then it just overwinters. In the spring, it's really nice because you'll be like, oh, I don't know if the garlic's going to make it. And then suddenly you'll see that green pop back up. So um, I kind of slowly, you know, once we've had our, our last frost, then I will pull that straw back a little bit more and let the sun start to warm it up. But... Um, it's really nice because it's it you can harvest it. It's according to where you're at, but sometimes you can harvest it as early as late spring, early summer, um, and it's really tells on itself because the bottom leaves die out. You'll have a few that are still green. Sometimes it'll just fall over. It's according to what it is, um, what type it is, but it kind of tells on itself that hey, I'm ready to be pulled up. Um, and you do need to dry out garlic. There's a certain way. It's not highly complicated, but you can't just, you know, put it anywhere. It needs to kind of, well, they say, um, it's not season, but it needs to dry out a bit and, um, then you can store it long-term. There are two types of garlic. I love garlic. That's why I'm telling you guys all this. Two types of garlic. So there's hard neck and soft neck. Now hard neck puts on more of a single layer of cloves. And it's usually um, oh, more ovalish to triangle, triangle-ish um, cloves. And the skin comes off easily. It's hardier in cold weather. Um, but the thing about hardneck is it doesn't store as well as softneck. So usually I just go with softneck. Um, softneck is usually ends up being bigger, a bigger clove, I mean a bigger bulb. Um, and it puts on like eight to 20 different clothes versus hardneck is like four to 12. Um, and it's a little bit more irregular, not so, not such a pretty bulb of garlic. Um, but it thrives better in warm weather and, uh, soft necks usually a little less, um, pungent than hardneck. So hardneck tends to be a little more if you want more of a kick um but of, of course it's garlic so you just gotta determine how how um i actually call garlic kind of warm <clears throat> so for garlic you can <clears throat> excuse me in the spring feed it in the spring every other week until about june 1st and then don't feed it anymore <clears throat> um and then water it about an inch an inch um, deep per week so it doesn't need to be saturated in water but you know kept moist to put on those uh, cloves <clears throat> you can purchase garlic what they call garlic seed which is 
it's cultivated for planting. So usually they take the bigger, the bigger, they've cultivated these to be, um, come from a bigger bulb. So you're going to get a bigger bulb when you uh, plant it. Um, some people do take organic garlic from the store and do that. My only, you know, with organic, I don't worry as much about that, about what I'm going to say, but with just garlic from the grocery store that's not organic, <clears throat> it really, you are anything like that. People are like, why can't I just take, you know, a pepper and grow it from that and all that. Um, like anything, when things are shipped in, you never know what they've put on it to inhibit growth. That happens a lot with potatoes, is they will put something on there to inhibit um, them from shooting out the little buds. You know, the potatoes will get little potato buds on them um, if they're not sprayed. And that's my only reservation about um, garlic you just go and buy at the store, is it may have some sort of growth inhibitor on it. And it may not even, all your all your work may be in vain. And what is that that they put on it? And then you're replicating that in your garden. So I'm just real, I'm leery of anything like that. Um, you can try, I mean, I've, I've had people try, they go get a garlic clove and they've had it um, work, but that's just my own reservation. The cool thing is, even if you buy garlic seed, um, and you can find it just with a, a basic search, uh, the thing is save as many as you want to grow next year, save that many um, cloves out. So maybe you had space for two bulbs worth. So if you're getting 18 to 20 off, I mean, eight to 20 cloves, let's say you get 20 cloves off of one bulb, then save two or three if you want to grow up to 60, um, I don't know, what do they call them? 60 bulbs, potentially. Um, next year. So after your initial investment, then you, you know, you know, it hasn't had any growth inhibitors or anything on it. Um, then you can just save some, put it in a dark, cool spot and you can just save it for next, the next time. And just then you can keep reusing it, but that's up to you. But I definitely would recommend at least trying organic garlic. And, um, the thing with what you buy at the store is often you don't know what kind you're buying either. And, so, I mean, yeah, you're buying it for, you know, people have their <laughs> specifics that they like um, with garlic. But if you just want a basic one, yeah, go to the store, buy organic. But, um, and somebody may totally disagree with me on that. But I like to know what type I'm buying, what um, it's, how it grows best, you know. And maybe the thing we have to remember, too, is certain anything we put in the ground can be susceptible to certain pests, but some are less susceptible. So that's another thing I like about growing, buying a certain type of garlic is that I can learn about it and know what I'm growing. And maybe if I grow out, go out there and there's something destroying my garlic, if I don't know what type it is, I don't know how to avoid that next time. So I like to know what I have, what it's less susceptible to. I just like to know those things. So that's it for garlic. Um, couple random things that I've learned. Greens. <laughs> I have not mastered growing greens. And I see people like Lindy Abrams that I, um, that I 
interviewed on, I don't remember what podcast that was. What was it that I interviewed Lindy? Number 16. I see what's coming out of her garden. I'm like, wow, I need her to help me master growing greens. Um, but what I've learned with growing greens is the soil needs to be as clean as possible. And now I understand why they, in the winter, they put the black plastic down to kill weed seeds because it is a losing battle if you're trying to grow greens and they're shooting up, but the grass and the weeds and all that is shooting up. So I would recommend have your soil as clean as possible and definitely put the, the black tarp over where you're going to grow your greens, like greens I'm talking about, like lettuces, um, kale, chard, um, anything like that that's small, green onions, chives, if you're growing it from seed, those sorts of things. Um, it's really good, actually. I understand now why people also grow those things in pots because it's just, you can put some fresh, clean soil in there and um, it works out really well. So another thing I want to talk about real quick is strawberries. And strawberries are fun. If you can only get one, it's fun. But this is another thing I see and to me really it's I guess you can't you can't stop people from buying what they want to buy but to me it's kind of sad when I go to a garden center or big box store anything like that and they have these small pots with strawberries in them what I want to tell people is you may get a handful of strawberries off of that, but that's it. That handful of strawberries just costs you, I don't know how much those baskets are, eight bucks. It's according to where you're at. But um, if you really want strawberries, you need to create a patch because otherwise you are really, hopefully you, you do that once and then you realize, wait, this is not working out. Um, strawberries are kind of, they need their own space and you can't plant anything else there. So just know with strawberries, if you want an abundance, make a patch, make a bed or something like that because they need to get established, shoot out their runners and keep growing every year or else I just can't stand when I know people are wasting their money buying like a couple of strawberry plants and you've just, you know, in that case, it's great to grow. I say grow anything, grow something, but I also hate for people to waste their money and spend $8 on a tiny handful of strawberries. So that's something I just wanted to throw in there for you guys. Um, I would do strawberries in straw bells and then let the straw break down and then plant them in that again. Um, but you need a fair amount of strawberries if you want to get a decent yield. Now, if you just want, you know, uh, strawberries enough here and there, you're still going to need a little bit of a patch. So anyway, throwing that out there. And hmm, anything else? I think that's probably about it. So I hope those were some cool tips for you guys. Maybe some you already knew, but I always try and cover things like someone totally new is listening to it. And if you have any suggestions, definitely uh, follow this link to the website and leave a comment like, oh, I need, I have this really cool tip or whatever. And I would love to hear it because that's how I love, yeah, 
I'm constantly learning new gardening tips and I learned some gardening tips and I'm like, meh, I try it and I'm like, meh, that didn't really work for me. doesn't mean I totally throw it out. I may try it again, but you know, um, like I said, it's not all 100%. I'm not going to say if you pinch all your blooms off for two weeks, you're going to have, you know, double the, double the yield, but, um, just some things to think about and test, test it out because you're going to learn every single year. You're going to learn something new in your garden about your space, about pests, about all the things. So I hope this whole in the dirt series has, has been fun and educational and I hope it's spurred you to plant something, anything. And next time we'll round it out with the cold crop recommendations some tips there and then we'll move forward to something else. I really appreciate you guys hanging in there for this and hope you're passing it along, passing it along to your friends. See you next time. Thanks for being here with me again on the podcast. You guys can now find me on wellonless.com. If you want to go straight to the podcast, you can do wellonless.com forward slash podcast. Also, I'm on Facebook at Leah Hendershot, Flourishing Roots Home, Instagram, flourishing.roots. And as always, feel free to reach out to me on any of those platforms and let me know how you're liking it. Share with friends, like, follow, and all those sorts of things. And I'll look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank you.